I put my flats on Airbnb today. Yeah. Uh, that was... Sneaky business. Well, the thing is, yeah, I'm not really meant to do it, but it's been, as I say, it's been three months having to pay for an extra room. And so I've got to claw back money somehow. But of course, I'm yet to have a booking. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe Maybe 35 quid is too steep. Maybe. But otherwise, I mean, there's always selling drugs on the street. That is, that remains an option. I mean, like, what kind of, what kind of a drug market do you have access to is, is part of the question. <laughs> well, I mean, that is for me to know and for you to never find out. Well, unless I become a valued customer. That is very true. I definitely will know. Another option is Glasgow's organ donation black market. I, to be fair, I don't actually know if there is or is not one, but I could probably find out. I would say, I would think that Glasgow's above that, but I don't actually know for sure. Yeah, it does feel like extra black markety. Like, it's, it's <laughs> even more black markety than drugs. We've got Black Friday coming up too, so that would be particularly apt. That is the day for black markets to spring into <laughs> the popular world. <laughs> Primark closes down and, and just the, the, the local organ mark pops out. <laughs> organ mark. Yeah, uh, yeah, fair enough. That, that may well be happening in the barrel lands. You never know. So the other option, of course, is just to sell myself to other people. Sell, as in, like, sell your expertise at different, like, life-related things? Well, yeah. but, but ex- exactly. It's just what I was about to say. Like, I mean, I can... I just made crepes about a half hour ago and they were excellent. Yeah. I could, yeah, you could be, like, someone's crepe chef. I, for I could be a crepe chef. That is correct. I could also, for example, I made a roast dinner last week, which was probably the best roast dinner I've ever made in my life. Do you, do you make your own gravy? I do, uh, well, I mean, that is a... <laughs> depends what kind of gravy you're talking about, James. I was like, com- I combined the chicken fat slash oil, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> make it really sell on this here, with yeah. the kind of chicken gravy stuff you can buy at the shops with yeah. some water with some corn flour yeah. did it all together and it was delightful it was so yeah, good no, that's more than most people do lots of people just like use that gravy stuff they don't add any of the real chicken so despite now, you've passed the test Colin you could be a roast roast dinner chef for go for this for your crepe clients so, in the evening so many options for me to make more I think money they call you a personal chef at that point i mean if those are the only two things i can i can also make cereal but Every- like when you say when i say make cereal i mean like put it into a bowl and put that milk on top feel like chefing you aren't quite a chef <laughs> if you're making a bowl of cereal do you think any chefs would get away with that do you reckon gordon ramsay could make a bowl of cereal i'm sure he and could actually but have people pay for it he, he would be like very scientific with his measurements and that would that's what would set him apart from the rest he'd get the golden nuggets and he'd only serve the good ones yeah well exactly he'd, he'd be inspecting them maximum nugget he, he'd count out a specific number you know you, you'd you'd give him a number and he'd do it yeah he pays like, he pays he, he only ever buys them half price 50p per box but he, it costs like 50p per nugget in his store <laughs> Store? Right. Why did I say store? I'm not American and it's a restaurant. <laughs> We've got so many options here, James. I, I should really should have thought this sooner. I mean, Airbnb is really a last resort if, compared to all the rest of the things we've just listed. Yeah, it's reselling golden nuggets. That's the new market. Seesaw Parade, everybody, episode 185. Welcome back to the show. We have taken a extended break, a hiatus of sorts. Oh, a lot of 
of life happened, and we've come back, and it still feels like not a lot of news happened. Yeah, well, yes and no. Well, first of all, let's just recap. First of all, my cousin and your brother is now married. Yay! And it didn't actually feel weird. I thought it might. It yeah, it was, yeah, it was Yeah, it was cool. And yeah. uh, you and I sat on a table and had some good food and, uh, and good I, drinks. Yeah, I would, it was fun. I, I criticized my brother to the highest of my abilities. Graham did very well. Graham was great. Him, I give him credit. His speech, I know he was nervous. I wasn't actually criticizing him. He was, he was okay. fabulous. And uh, yeah, it, as you may have uh, gathered, I am still Colin and he is still James. Uh, yeah, I am currently seated. At some point, I'm I'm going to say, welcome to Cease Operate. I'm Colin and he is Hubert. Hubert, I'm, yeah, I'm going to change my identity. And we'll have just some random Russian. That'll fix the old brain. If I just change my name, that'll do it, right? It'll fix the show. We'll suddenly become super popular once we change Hub- the host. Hubert. We could change Hubert. both of we could st- To be fair, I think <laughs> Hubert sounds more of a Seesaw Parade name than either one of ours does. That is very true. And you could also then get my dad to do it. So it would be Howard and Hubert. Oh, man, we should just find a Hubert. Pair them up and just give them the show. We'll make a new one. But they've they've earned that. Do you know, by the way, I was looking this up. I know this sounds far more impressive than it is in reality. But when you look at how many episode plays Cease Operate has had in total, we are nearing the 17,000 mark. Wait, what? Right. Which is, which is cool. It's really cool. But at the same time, you divide how many episodes we've had. It's not that impressive. <laughs> I mean, it's still averaging not at 10 per episode, right? That is true. In my head, we average 10 per episode. <laughs> no, it's it's up and down. And like one of those is me listening back and hating everything I said. <laughs> so so that's that's cool. That's successful, moderately. Moderately. We could probably sell that to some Russians to so, so that they can influence the West for like a tenner. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to continue to listen to... And get involved with said moderately successful show called Seesaw Parade, then you can, of course, get in touch. You know what? That's a better tagline now. Moderately successful. (laughs) This tagline changes on a semi-weekly basis. It's Uh, been like five semi-weeks, so. (laughs) At uh, lots of semis. At Seesaw Parade on Twitter. Seesawparade at gmail.com. Please do let us know what you've been watching, what you've been up to. Disagree with us. Debate us. Do whatever you want. Send us abuse if you like. Tell us we're handsome. Tell us we're handsome. Please. Everybody did that at the wedding and it like it helped a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, to be fair, we did look great. Everybody looked great. It was a very handsome wedding. It was. And do you know what I did? And this is a... Sorry, I'm taking another, another tangent. I was meant to buy my own kilt. That's That was the plan. Oh. Because this was, this was wedding number six for me for the year. And I felt my look was getting a bit stale. You wanted to upgrade. So yeah, well, ex- exactly. And so I went to on the day, the day before I went to Lewis. I was like, right, I should probably buy my kilt the today. Day before, I know, I know. Hold on, to so buy look- one. <laughs> okay, hold on. Looked at like prices and measurements, and everything was like, we're gonna take at least a few days to get all this sorted for Your you. So gone. I was like, right. <laughs> I'm just going to have to hire one the day before this oh, wedding happens. Dear, oh dear. And it cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. But I chose the grey. And actually, the grey is my favourite kilt I've worn so far. It actually it worked good, it really well. Call. It was a good call. So here's to wearing grey again in future. Yeah, you could, yeah, you could buy a, you could buy a kilt this time. Just give it a couple of weeks, you know? So <laughs> you can get you all measured properly. And then if you try it on and it doesn't quite fit, they redo it for you. Exactly. I also have three weddings next year already. Oh, I don't actually know if I've got any. Do I? Colin, you know my schedule better than I do. Well, the, the three, unless you were going to my former colleague at STV or oh, yeah. Thomas Hines' wedding, then it's not... My former my former 
podcast colleague. Okay. Uh, so no. I consider all your colleagues my colleagues. Very true. Let's let's actually talk some news. Now you're right, James, in that not a lot has happened. Like things have happened, but not certainly in the last couple of days. If we broke it down to the headline headlines, which is like impeachment inquiry. Yep. General election and no Brexit. It's kind of yep. just the same. And, and well, and Prince Andrew. I'm going to add Prince Andrew into that. Yeah, that's that's been the same for a very long time, but they've actually finally messed up real badly. So yeah, that's fun. Right. Okay. So so let's take those three headlines. Thank you for segueing on onto that, James. Let's take those three headlines, starting with the general election, which is happening on December twelfth. Get registered so, to vote, people. You've got like absolutely two days left or something like that. Once you hear this, me saying it, this version of me, this one right it's here. Like, it's November 26th, I believe, is the closing date to register. So, yes, absolutely well, do. You probably do have two days. The current polling puts the Conservatives on a 47% share of the vote and a 19-point lead. James, uh, this is reportedly due to the retreat of the Brexit party, who oh, yeah. a, few weeks, a few weeks ago, mid episodes um, said that actually they weren't going to put any candidates up in seats that the Tories already won. The Brexit party is so funny. We're going to campaign on every single seat in the nation. And then they're like, hey, Tories, do you want to form a team? And the Tor- if, you for- if we form a team with you, we'll drop out of your seats. And the Tories go, no, no team. And the Brexit party is like, we're going to drop out of your seats anyway. <laughs> Uh, James, are you surprised by these polling numbers yeah. that come from The Guardian, who are a notoriously left-wing media outlet? So to give them a 19-point lead is nah, saying something. Britain is a bunch of bootlickers. We're the worst people. <laughs> We're as bad as America. We just we just vote for people that are bad for us because the media tells us to. And who owns the media? Rich people. Yes, that is true. Boot them. Boot the rich. I saw an article the other week which was actually listing the amount of pro and con or pro and anti uh articles about the respective parties and the conservatives had a net gain of thirty thousand articles and labor had a net loss of over seventy (laughs) thousand now while this is unsurprising it's entirely so much bigger than than i remembered (laughs) exactly would you would you go as far as to say it's undemocratic yeah and there's a lot of people out there that will say, like, it's only fair because the Labour Party are that bad. But the Labour Party haven't had power in that duration of time, right? They've done nothing. Yep. They've not been able to do anything. The only people that have been failing are the Conservatives. So surely, even if you're biased, you can only write anti-Conservative stuff right now. But still, the the people in charge of all of the media are saying that their line has to be pro-conservative. So all of the newspapers are pushing out as much as they can. And Labour are on the money when they say, like, it's four people. Four people are making all the decisions for the news that matters. Mm-hmm. And everybody listens to them. But because Labour are on the money and telling the truth, it doesn't matter. If you tell the truth, you're going to lose elections. Just to compare the polling at the moment for the last election... At the same time in the last election, the points were roughly the same, and then Theresa May suffered somewhat of a collapse and only scraped over the line. Do you expect to see a similar thing happening this time? There should be a bit, or not even a bit, quite a big Labour push, because now is the period where classically a lot of the young people start registering, because it's when all the social media adverts go out, so you get a lot more young people registering to vote. 
um, and also Labour released their manifesto, which gave them a huge boost last time. As soon as they released the manifesto, they started like ticking up points every day. And they already have done. Since they released it, they've gone up a point. Conservatives have gone down two points, or vice versa, um, and numbers front. So the Conservatives, uh, the, the, the gap is closing slowly and slowly. And if Labour crossed 35%, their chances of a majority government are basically zero. And they're almost there. Okay, well, you mentioned Labour there. Let's talk about Jeremy Corbyn. He's defended his decision to adopt a neutral stance in a future Brexit yep. referendum. He says it's a sign of strength. Yep. Uh, Boris Johnson questioned how he could be indifferent. And Joe Swinson, who's still wanting to be Prime Minister, uh, has accused him of an abdication of leadership. But Mr. Corbyn said, actually, being honest was a sensible way forward. James? I'm on Corbyn's side. I- I've been saying for a very, very long time that I was disappointed that Corbyn never took a stance in the first to, ref. Yeah, to me... But it's, this is now a stance. It's too little too late. Like, this isn't a good play. He doesn't get votes from this play. Nobody's going to vote for him when he yeah. says, I'm just going to be neutral. He's going to lose the polls. Uh-huh. It's not politically motivated. But it's a pretty good leader thing to do, to be like, I'm not going to take a side because if I win and I have to deliver something and I campaign for the other thing, people aren't going to believe that I'm genuinely and honestly delivering something. And that makes sense to me. The other leaders are, of course, going to pick on it because it's very easy to pick on. But his decision actually does make a lot of sense, um, but not politically. It's not good for the polls. Yeah. Okay, I'll agree with that. Let's uh, move on. The election, as we say, is in two and a half weeks. Fact check UK time, Colin. Okay. Did you see this? Oh, oh, wait. Hold on a second. Yeah, you're right. So this is the... (laughs) During the first debate between Johnson and Corbyn, the Conservative Party's Twitter page <laughs> changed their name yeah. to Fact Check UK. Changed their branding to Fact Check UK. And then began tweeting everything that Jeremy Corbyn was saying and saying it was a lie and it was false. <laughs> and then I believe they must have changed it back. Eventually they got told to or they'd get banned from Twitter. Yeah, and so despite the fact that their username was still CCHQ, if you were to look on their page, you would not be aware really, that it was Conservative Party no. vehicle. No, if you didn't already know their Twitter handle, it would be hard to tell. It was unbelievably misleading. Yeah, like that should genuinely just be something that is outlawed and you get heavy fines for doing. I'm talking it's a, millions. It is the kind of thing which, even a few years ago, you would have... It's staggering that a, a party would do that and mislead the public, knowingly mislead the public like that. Yeah, and but then... I think it was Dominic Rabb that went on TV the next day and was like, people don't care. I think he said yeah, well, it with stronger words. And he's right, in a way. Because the UK in general, you can see this outrage. But it's about 20% of the population is outraged. All of the people that are going to vote Conservative probably love that they did this. Because it's just like, yep. yeah, it's bashing those leftists. Oh, ha ha ha. That's a brilliant move, and they're going to vote for the party anyway. This plays to their base. All of the lies they're telling plays to the base. Everybody knows they're lying. Yep. Everybody that is within the base knows they're lying, but they love it. The mild racism plays to the base. All of that stuff. Supporting billionaires. Supporting billionaires. People love it because everybody thinks that they're a billionaire. Or really poor, apparently, because that one dude thought that if you earned 80k, it doesn't make you in the top 5%. Yeah, I was just about to bring this up. This dude on Question Time, (laughs) who, first of all, I would actually question, how is he earning 80 80 grand? 
I mean, other than, oh, I've no, I don't, I don't even know what he does. Anyway, criticizing the fact he's like, oh, Labour are going to gonna tax me even more. It's 50 quid a year. Yeah. Works out less than a pound a week. Yeah. And this this guy is like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even top 50%. What planet are you living on? Yeah. If you're earning more than 80,000 and you're worried about getting taxed 5% of everything you earn that's more than 80,000, you got serious trouble with your money. You're a terrible manager of your life, <laughs> right? I don't want you to be in the UK if you're that bad with money. <laughs> I saw people were then defending him and saying, yes, but if he's got a £1,500 mortgage and £1,200 childcare costs, I'm like, well, move to a smaller house then and don't pay 1200 quid in childcare. Yeah, get a house oh, you can he, afford. It was so annoying. It's like easy peasy. You can't be like, well, if the rich people spend all their money lavishly, then they clearly can't afford taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. No, yeah. The- Everything that the conservatives are doing is playing to their base. Yeah. And it's going to work. And that, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Oh, man. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. <laughs> no, it's it, the conservatives, and this isn't, this is like the big stuff. They've been doing this across the board. Gove's out on the TV misleading people about hospitals again, saying that they're going to build 40 hospitals when really they're going to build six. That interview as well, horrendous. Horrendous interview. Very condescending. Uh, he was clearly he was so out of his patronizing. depth and very patronizing. But again, his base is going to love it. They're going to be like, yeah, you showed him oh. t- telling that leftist media guy not to be so leftist when he's asking you a basic question. <laughs> it's just going to work. And Labour, the Labour Party is above that. They don't do these slimy tricks to, the, to this degree. The only one I remember was Jeremy Corbyn's train scandal, right? Oh, yeah. And that's what we're supposed to compare this with? Like, we're talking about lying to the, entire of, to the entirety of Twitter all at once or train scandal. And then being like, th- yes, yeah, sorry, we did the train scandal. Whereas the conservatives are saying, no, nah, it wasn't misleading to do that. It was the right thing to do that. you got to call out the Labour independently. I'm saying it's not independent. You're not, my, it's not, you're not doing anything independently. My question is, how is history going to judge politics of this time? I remember even maybe 10 years ago, maybe just slightly over that, when the biggest scandal of the election was Gordon Brown not realising his microphone was still on, calling a woman who's clearly a bigot, a bigoted woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was And that was the scandal of the election. Look how far we've gone past that. But they, it, they, they've just realised it doesn't matter in this day and age. So, like, it's just, whatever oh. happens to democracy over time now, surely eventually people look back at this period and they go... Man, everybody in Britain was so dumb for allowing this to happen because we're allowing this to happen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But it's it's the question is what can you do about it? Because journalists, as exemplified by Kieran from Channel Four, are actually calling out these journalists, uh, calling out these politicians, and all they get is just more blatant lies. Yeah. Even the BBC tried to do an article about how all the leaders are lying, and it was like. Fact-checking the Tories, they lied in these two massive ways. Oh boy, fact-checking Labour. They they miscalculated their numbers a wee bit, but also not really because they just used a different data set. And it's like, all right, why'd you bother then? It's not really a lie. They, they just use a different data set to your one. Oh, man. So even, if the, even the BBC are struggling to make the Conservatives look good, but they're still going to win. <sighs> okay. James, let's move on. It's all because of Rupert Murdoch and all those other riches that own the, me- the papers. And when we're talking about popularity of party leaders, 
people will have you believe that Jeremy Corbyn is the least popular party party leader ever, because technically he is if you do the numbers. But I want you to guess. We everybody uses YouGov for this. I want you to take a guess. Uh, politics, most popular politicians and political figures in the UK. Where does Jeremy Corbyn place out of hundreds? Right, we're talking hundreds. Uh, top ten. Yeah, number eleven. Okay. He's the 11th most popular politician in the UK, and this is including people that don't currently practice. He comes <laughs> below the likes of Nicola Sturgeon, he comes below Ruth Davidson, and Gordon Brown is right above Jeremy Corbyn. And it's like, he's not really that unpopular, but the media would have you believe that mm. everybody hates him. Everybody hates Jeremy. It's a f- spin-off to everybody who loves Raymond. Okay, let's, uh, that was yeah. so bad. Let's move on. Billionaires hate Jeremy. It's an <laughs> actual, more accurate spin-off. And talk about... Prince Andrew. Now, this is... We're about a week on. I hate Prince Andrew. <laughs> so does everybody. Here is... Everybody hates Prince Andrew. <laughs> uh, the Duke of York, Prince Andrew, who did a, a sit-down interview with Emily Maitlis from the BBC to talk about his relationship with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, and formerly alive human. Y- yes. Now, formerly un- unmurdered human. Without Okay, let's just leave the whole murder-suicide thing uh, to one side and talk about uh, Mr. Prince Andrew. Did you see any of the interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was real bad. It he was, did a really bad job. A couple of things. His head of comms, or his PR guy, resigned... A couple of weeks before this interview, because he told him, don't do it. Yeah. I can 100% see why. Because he's just... Yeah. There are ways to do crisis communication interviews. And this was the absolute worst example of how you can make it 10 times worse than it already was. Let's have a candid sit down where I will... Avoid avoid your questions and make excuses and right. s- tell strange stories. So the main thing is, did he say sorry? No. Did he apologize and was showed any sort of like repugnance for Jeffrey Epstein? No. He no. described his behavior at one point as unbecoming. And Emily Maitler said he was a convicted sex offender. No, yeah, no. It was the honorable thing to do to not cut ties of a convicted sex offender. Here's the, yeah, here's now, here's the, there's three major points I took away from this. Number one, on the night he was alleged to have uh, had sex with a 17 year old girl, he came up with the excuse that he was at Pizza Express in Woking. <laughs> right, that's the first one. The second one is that know, uh, <laughs> the allegation was that he was he was uh, sweating profusely. And he actually said, well, I had a medical uh, injury, which meant I was unable to sweat. I, I can sweat now. I got shot. I got shot once and I can't sweat anymore. <laughs> he was like, I can sweat now, but I, can- I didn't used to be able to sweat. So that- that's total lies. And then the third he one... Realized, he realized halfway through the excuse that he was literally sweating. Exa- oh, exactly. So he couldn't be like, I can't sweat. Oh, wait. I couldn't sweat. <sighs> yes, but it's but it's fine now. And then third of all was when he was yeah he said oh yes the honorable thing to do was to 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 cut ties and emily maitlis is like right you went to his you flew to his house and stayed there for four days and went to a dinner party with him to tell him you couldn't be friends i thought i thought it was the most convenient thing i thought it would be convenient to be friends just just phone the guy (laughs) just don't even phone him send him a send him a text oh Right, so this whole... I don't, this, want, I don't want you anymore. This whole thing was such a disaster that companies left, right and centre have been pulling out of his big charity project thing and he's been told, or rather he's announced, he is stepping back from royal duties for the foreseeable oh, that, future. That just that just 
that was even worse for me. Right, well, an- analyze this. Analyze it then for me, Jim. The only reason that any of the royals are even 1% tolerable is because they spend a lot of time doing PR for, for England. Not for Scotland. They don't help us at all. They just own some of our land and pretend that we like them. The only reason they're tolerable is because they do that. For him to be like, oh, because I made huge big mistakes and I'm unpopular now, I'm going to stop doing my job and just live off all of this stuff for free, please, and you guys pay for it. It's just insulting. Like He's now getting tax de- getting funded to exist by taxpayers and he's going to do zero things. He has gone from being paid by the British people and not having a job to being paid by the British people yeah, yeah. and still not having a job. Oh no, what a punishment for the guy to... <laughs> oh man, such a sacrifice he has made for the, for, for the good of the nation to stop pretending to do good things and to just not do anything anymore. So Prince Andrew, in my eyes, made this whole story, his whole involvement in the story, a hundred times worse by doing this interview. And it was, but it was the way in which he did it and the stories in which he came out with, it was awful. And oh, I'm more, I'm more and more convinced that he had more to do with Mr. Epstein than is alleged. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. He he never went to any of his creative writing lessons in school. (laughs) You, you can tell. Okay, right, let's move on and talk about Trump, the latest uh, in yeah. the impeachment hearings, which have been rolling out for the last uh, couple of weeks yeah. now at this point. And which the Conservatives in America would have you believe are completely non-successful and yes. it's a sham. So it's been a very slow trickle of witnesses, of documents, of statements over the last uh, couple of weeks. Most recently, now there are so many headlines of which I could I could choose from here. But the most noteworthy one, I'd say, the last couple of days is that Donald Trump disregarded senior advisors and pushed a fake theory that Ukraine had meddled uh, in the yeah. 2016 election. That's according to a former ex-White yep. House aide has told uh, this impeachment inquiry. There has there has been testimony from the ambassador, the US ambassador to Ukraine, who Trump was live tweeting against during her yeah. testimony, which she then said she felt very intimidated by. Gordon Sondland, who was another... And now this was really interesting, actually. Gordon Sondland paid. <laughs> yeah, that this is. He paid a million pounds into like Trump's inauguration fund just so that he would get a position. Yeah. Like a named position. Yeah. So he is from the outside in. You'd say the last person who's going to stand out and speak up against Trump, but he did. He turned. And then, of course, everyone started. All the conservatives and Republicans started picking holes in his stories and his witness statements yeah you, i mean they wanted him to go up they were they were wanting him to be the one that was called because they thought there was no way exactly. he'd turn, and he did and they were all it was they, their faces were wonderful james they, they should never play poker the only thing and similarly to what's happening in this country the way it's going from the outside in it would appear the republicans are winning this whole impeachment yep. thing yep i for example i do not expect trump to get impeached no neither do i any not at this point and maybe I'll be more convinced if the Republicans start showing that they have any credibility or backbone or honor and stuff like that. But, but this is this is no. what, this is the whole theme of this episode. Well, well, I feel we've we've got to a breaking point. Well, now, hold on, I'm going to take that back. Right, he'll get impeached because impeachment is a House thing, and the House has a Democrat majority. Okay, but to get convicted, you have to get the Senate, and to that's do it, never and happening. You need two thirds of the Senate, never mind just a majority. And the Senate is Republican controlled, so it will never get past impeachment, is what I should be saying. I know that this has been 
a theme of the world for the last couple of years. But let me just let me just re- return to this. Yeah, I get the sense that we have crossed a line in politics in society where and hear me out here the truth is no longer enough yep you know the truth is no longer enough to to win uh, the day or or to 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 serve justice if the truth was still being held as okay here's the number one the truth above all else is king then perhaps we wouldn't be in the mess we're currently in but Republicans and you know Democrats, Conservative, Labour, SNP, everybody is just disregarding it and discarding it and saying, actually, you know what, we'll, we're just going to make up the narrative. And regardless of the fact that it is total lies, that's the line we're going with. And we're going to continue to fool people because yep. people are dumb. And like, sure, some of those parties are worse than the others, but they all do play the game a wee bit of how much lie can we get away with. Well, exactly. And people always have. But there's always been this sort of level of honor in all yes, the systems. That's so the, the American that's system is very much based around honorable practice. The UK political system is very much based around honorable practice. A lot of unwritten rules, a lot of respect between parties, and a lot of expectation to just, if someone crosses a line, we all gather together and get rid of them. But certain parties have realized that so long as you have enough people you can make it impossible to get rid of someone even if they are the worst. So they just fall in. They fall in behind them. Back when Trump wasn't elected yet, we were chatting about would he be a bad uh, president? I was. I had the opinion back then that he would get nothing done because at that time, all the Republicans had come out to sign a giant document disavowing him and saying how bad he was. They'd all put their name on it to say, yeah. he's awful, don't ever do this. And I thought, well, if the Republicans are actually decent, as they seem to be, Trump can't do anything. He needs people's, He needs his own party support to get stuff done. But as soon as he got in, all the Republicans cracked, bent over, let Trump do whatever he wanted, and supported him, and are now enabling him through more and more and more corruption. And a similar system over here. You expect people to have a backbone and stand up to their own party leader when their own party leader is just lying or breaking laws all these things that should be unacceptable as a party leader but they just prop them up and anybody that tries to go against the party gets booted right okay i'll i'll, I'll stop you there just a, a brief question where does this end mm, i hope it ends with the younger generation being so fed up of it that we actually vote in significant numbers and change things for once and uh, which we might do because the younger generation that's in quotes is getting older and older because of how stagnant wages are compared to um, productivity. So the more inequality grows, the longer it takes someone to mature to like the standard conservative voting family man. So now we're getting people that haven't reached the standard conservative voting family man who are approaching their 40s. Maybe we'll get someone to get into their 50s and they still haven't gotten out of the renting market. They still haven't been able to settle down and start a family because of money issues. Those people won't keep voting conservative because you only vote conservative if you think that one day I can I can be the rich people too because look how good I am doing already. Yeah. But if everybody's doing poorly, you can't vote conservative anymore. So that's what I hope. Eventually there's going to be enough of us that are being stood, stood on and propping up the rich that we've actually all vote for something that would help us. Okay, let's leave that horribleness to one side uh, and we'll come back to that in three weeks <laughs> okay and nah, talk next. about Let's do next week. 
things that well see here's the thing james i'm meant to be on jury duty i'm pretty confident i can get out of it by saying i'm a journalist yeah but uh, we'll see if i am off jury duty then i am confident we will get uh, at least a couple more episodes in before the election itself but it is too early to say i will keep you posted let's move on everybody (laughs) yes let's talk about other things james have, have you watched anything in the last three weeks i've watched a few episodes of some anime that are pretty great because you know I watch the good ones as you've as you've noticed. Indeed, uh, I also have watched several. If you recall, a long time ago, I talked about finishing a season of Critical Role, a podcast. Oh yeah, um, about D and D, our podcast of of voice actors playing down Dungeons and Dragons. I have been storming through season two, okay, because they are way ahead of me in terms of. I think I've caught up to what they were recording in the summer, right? And it's it's just so good. It's just. I put it on when I got my work on. I don't need my ears. And I just listen to them all making up a story and together. And it's wonderful. Well, sounds I highly recommend listening to Dungeons and Dragons campaigns in your spare time, everybody. Okay. I have two uh, movies I've seen, James, both of them 40 years apart. Uh, one I saw a few hours ago and one a couple of... <laughs> you took a long time to get to that second film. Okay. Oh. Uh, would you like to hear the really old one or the one I saw today? Give me the old one, please. Okay, so I saw... Alien. Yay! Which has, yeah, okay, let's just start by saying this is one of the, like, cult films, must-see films, the granddaddy of so many horror, sci-fi, alien movies. Set the bar, yeah. It really did, and I thought it was superb. And you consider the time of which it came out, uh, the era, the, the writing, um... The, the fact that at that point men were still very much the lead role and then of course you've got Sigourney Weaver who is really the main yeah. character and she kicks ass who yeah. oh it's I thought it was brilliant I really thought it was excellent it's not yeah it's an absolutely fantastic film and it's rewatchable you still feel the same amount of like dread and tension uh, they did a, they did um, their, their special effects and they, they they hold up as well as you'd expect them to they don't pull you out of the film uh, like, I think a huge part of it is their choices of the set design and the lighting choices and stuff like that that were made that are yeah unmatched even now. You don't see people putting this much effort in today about how to design the set to be claustrophobic, like poorly lit but lit well enough so that we can actually see what's happening. Because yep. right now everyone just poorly lit does put the poorly lit part but forgets so we have to actually see stuff. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was first class. Yeah, really good. Let me tell you about. 21 Bridges. Now, this came out oh. uh, yesterday, which was Friday, starring Chadwick Boseman. Ah, yes. Who is better known as Black Panther. Also, yep, the Better likes- known as Black Panther from that film that got really bad CGI at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, J.K. Simmons, Sienna Miller, and uh, Taylor Kitsch. So, it's kind of a, it's a, pre- a pretty decent cast all round. And... Chadwick Bose. It's just to give you a, a brief summary. Twenty One Bridges is set in New York. Some cops get killed, and Chadwick Boseman is out to catch the baddies by shutting the Twenty One Bridges around Manhattan. Oh wow, that's a good tactic to make people not be able to leave. In a word, predictable. The film plays out as you expect it's going to. There are, of course, a few right. twists, but you see them coming a mile off because they're... Oh, it's even, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, they, oh, there's twists in it. Oh, yeah. 
But but even the twists are like oh they're hey, okay. so like widely choreographed. It's as if they're they're having like one cop jump up and down and say I'm a bad cop. Hey everybody, look at me. I'm actually a bad cop. <laughs> He's got like a pencil mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, exactly. He, he wears a long he wears a long coat and nobody else does. And it's it's the characters are two dimensional and they are given such stereotypical roles to play. And as much okay, that all being said, it's still fun. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, that's acceptable. Action, action was fine. Some of the writing was cool, and it was nice to see some of the character actors bounce off each other. Other than that, a very <laughs> by the numbers cop yeah. thriller. I, I think there are certain stories that have to be by the numbers, but like, like as you say, they have to have the extra bits that you don't see coming the pleasant surprises or they have to earn their final story point you know what's going to happen but you don't know how they're going to do it <laughs> stuff like that well exactly but but this was so like stupidly wide open choreographed that even the bits which are meant to be the big shocking finale are not shocking at all <laughs> because you know what's going to happen but it's fine it's fine i still yeah, enjoyed yeah, it yeah yeah you had a good time Okay, let's finish up with some movie news. Time is ticking away. Let's start, actually, James, with Sonic. Now, we, a few months ago, talked about this uh, first trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog, which had been panned by absolutely everyone because Sonic looked terrifying. The stuff of, like, a a sleep paralysis demon. Oh, yeah. With human teeth and eyes which were just uh, too far apart. Human teeth are my least favourite kind of teeth. So the first trailer came out and everybody hated it to the extent that the whole studio and the director came out and said, okay guys, we've heard what you've said, we've been trolled enough, we're going to redesign Sonic for you. Yeah, huge expense. And, And they did. Yeah. They've released a new trailer this week and actually he looks like Sonic. He looks real good. He looks a bit... Low poly. They haven't rendered him <laughs> to the max settings. I don't think he looks a bit blurry. But aside from that, the, the character design was well done. Right. Here's my question, then, James. Why didn't they do that the first time? Interference from the bosses. Really? The, the it would have been. Yeah, they would have wanted to do a cartoony design, and then some random funding individual would have been like, "No, people like realistic looking CGI these days. <sighs> Make Sonic look real. We want him to look." Oddly hairy, even though he's not a hairy being. We want him to have human teeth. And out of proportion and legs. tiny feet. But no, they, they fixed a lot more than just the character design as well. Um, they fixed some of the lighting issues they had in the previous trailer. Yeah, they did. So there's a lot more balance in, in the different shots. Uh, in terms of character design, they fixed his radioactive eyes. His eyes don't glow in the dark anymore, which is nice. <laughs> Uh, the the trailer was a lot better. They didn't ch- choose really out of place music. <laughs> yep, that is true. And <laughs> um, the film still looks like it's going to be a completely non-entertaining gaming movie or game movie. Uh, I don't really see any point in seeing this, but kids might like it now rather than kids being terrified of it. There was one suggestion online that this could turn out like Pokemon, which, if you recall, my review was surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mainly, mainly because of Ryan Reynolds. Which this film is lacking. And there is lacking a wee bit of something. There's no spark yet. Jim, Jim Carrey's going to try his best to chew as much scenery as he can. He is doing a good job, it looks like. I would say I would give him a pretty good rating out of all of the things going on in that trailer. True. He gets one of the higher ends of the rates. Um, but overall, it does just look a bit 
normal. Okay. Nothing exciting. Let's hit some uh, hit some movie news, starting with Joker, which is the first R-rated film to cross the billion-dollar mark at the box office. It's also become yeah. the most profitable comic book movie ever. Good job. Which, yeah, it's to me is the sign of when every factor possible has gone in your favor. So that's including scripting, directing, cinematography, acting, yeah. word of mouth. Yeah, getting uh, the media to do your advertising for you. M- yeah, media, uh, noise as well. The time of year at which it was released, the fact there was yeah. nothing else like it in the, the cinemas the at the moment. era under which it was released. So, like, literally everything's coming up. Uh, what's the phrase? Everyone's coming up Millhouse. That's it, coming up Millhouse. It's crossed the billion Milk dollar toast. mark uh, worldwide. This is a, a like fantastic for for the team. This is the the story now though. That Warner yeah, Brothers it's my are, least favorite part of the story. Yes, reportedly looking at a sequel. Yay! James let's make a franchise. I love franchises. Thoughts on this? I don't think you've seen the movie yet, have you? No, but I, just, I don't want a sequel. I wanted I wanted them to stick to what they said they would do. Yep, me too. One-off stories with different universes and different versions of characters and different questions. I didn't want them to have one success and go, let's just dig into this one. Ah, it's a shame. Yeah, and what about you? Because you've seen it. Does it does that help you at all? Having seen it, are you more excited for more of this story? No, no. I I think I think they should leave it well enough alone. It was. For what it was, a self-contained story, it was great. I don't think it was ever meant to be a start of a franchise. It was just meant to be a standalone story. And I really, 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 really hope it stays that way. But it's not because it's made so much money that Warner Brothers are going to say, right, we need a sequel. Joaquin Phoenix will pay you double what we paid you first time. Yeah, they'll go big budget and it won't make as much profit. But they already told the story. Like, what more is there to tell? He started in his... From his point A, he got to the end of the film as Joker. What more is there to do? He went A to B. There is yeah. There's no C. Um, what what they should do instead of struggling to write a good sequel story completely from scratch, they should and and at higher cost because of yep. recasting actors and because they want to go bigger and grander. Um, they should just struggle to write another original story at a lower cost. Yeah, there's with a, more freedom. The chat is now that Todd Phillips, who directed the film, has taken the rights for at least one other lower-ranked villain in DC to do the same thing. Sounds great. That sounds more interesting. Yes, exactly. Right, let's move on. The Batman, which is coming out in 2021 with Robert Pattinson, has added a couple of more names to its roster. Colin Farrell is playing Penguin. Yay! And John Turturro, who you'd recognise from The Big Lebowski and Transformers, is playing mob boss Falcone. Or Falcone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that works. Yeah, both. I mean, kind both of, of a them, different kind of take, but yeah, it works. Both of them work for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a bit worried that they're doing jumping in of so many bad guys. <laughs> uh, I think two would be all right, but I feel like there's more than two at this point. Um, they got uh, they've casted their Catwoman. She's technically going to start as baddie and then turn goody. So yeah, so you, so you got Paul Dano as the Riddler, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Now Colin Farrell as Penguin and Falcone. Like, this is really sounding like a three-hour film, oh, just man. based off the casting news. I don't want that. To, I just don't want that to, to happen. Yeah, me neither, Colin. Okay, me neither. Last piece of news because we're running short of time. Kung Fury Two. If you remember this uh, half-hour film, <laughs> which lived on YouTube, 
We talked about it. Became a cult classic. A sequel is in the works. It got us some good listens because people thought they would be watching it when they clicked in our podcast. (laughs) It's true. A sequel's in the works, uh, which has attracted Michael Fassbender and Arnold Schwarzenegger to prime roles. Yeah. James... I'm pretty sure we talked about this, like, months ago. Well, maybe, but I've just seen this now. My, yeah, no, the, some, like someone's republished old news, I think. Okay, well, my question then, James, is how can you maintain the, the feel and the style of the first original Kung Fury if you're throwing millions of dollars at the sequel? Oh, that's actually a real good question. Can they? Like, you're having to rely on the creative leads keeping keeping things realist, real and small. They, want, they, they know what feeling they want, so you've got to hope that the director, producer, is... is very much not going to overspend and over glamify and actually just still have fun and hopefully all of this budget is going into just having more fun and doing more dumb stuff and i expect Schwarzenegger is just like keen to do it so he's not going to get paid all too much he seems just like he wants to do it i'm not sure about fastbender though maybe he's the reason who knows how much budget he's like <laughs> these these actors are getting and is it is it is it full length if i can recall i, th- I believe so yeah so, like, it's going to be CGI heavy. So, hopefully, all the budget is going into the CGI. Because the more CGI there is, the more time it takes, the more people need to be paid to do it. <laughs> so, pay them well. Otherwise, you end up with, uh, oh, yeah, Black Panther. Okay, James, you've taken us full circle. The show is up. We are out of time. Uh, tell people very quickly how they get in touch. If you want to email us and put a, a list of things that we said that you just disagree with and judges as vile human beings for saying please email seesawparade at gmail.com uh, that's what I do every week actually um, you can snapchat seesawparade Colin checks that yep I never do you can tweet seesawparade which people do that and you sometimes even get me replying to it <laughs> Colin's, a, Colin's a good boy he replies to everything I sometimes join in Uh that's about it for getting in touch. It is. James, time to go. I will see you maybe next week. Yeah, no, hopefully next week. It's been a wee while. Let's do a, let's do a couple before the election. It has, it has. Uh, g- goodbye, Colin. See ya. See you, see you to the listeners too. And Prince Andrew, you need to do more than just quit your job. 